Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Went Black podcast. Thanks to everyone who has been supporting the show on Patreon. If you're already aboard, the first of the premium content has been posted. The first thing being the Guide to Important Music, Episode 1, available only to Patreon subscribers. The first episode features Taz Niles, a former bandmate of mine, and we talk about his band La Gratona, which was sort of ahead of their time back in the 90s. Uh, it's really fun. It's always a pleasure meeting up with Taz and discussing things like that. Taz also played in Eye for an Eye. He played in Anodyne with me, and he also played in the band called 27. If you want to support the podcast via Patreon, please check out our page. You can get there through the Everything Went Black Media website. There's a pop-up menu. It'll take you there. For as little as $1 a month, you can help keep the lights on around here and get a bunch of really cool stuff for free. Uh, the aforementioned Guide to Important Music is uh, you know, the most recent thing that's went up. I'll be doing those every month. There's also the Lifetime of Gray Skies audiobook, as well as tons of covers and demo recordings by Tombs, such as the David Bowie cover, Rorschach, and a bunch of other cool stuff. And uh, the party keeps rolling every month. I'll be doing uh, these guides to important music on a monthly basis, and it'll be available to everyone who subscribes. Another way you can help out is just by liking the posts on social media. Tell your friends about it, share it on Facebook, that sort of stuff. Most importantly, actually, is leaving reviews on iTunes. That helps us in the rankings, and it just kind of makes things a little bit easier all around. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube, or you can just head over to the site and stream it at everythingwentblackmedia.com. For this episode, I'd like to welcome Ben Umanov, a.k.a. Vince Nielstein of Metal Sucks. When I started doing this, the most important thing to me was communication. We can't all have the same ideas and opinions about things. These days, everyone seems to be at each other's throats, pointing fingers, blaming, and drawing lines in the sand. There's a lot of evil in this world, as our current political administration seems to underline to everybody. So it's even more important to remember that we all have a lot in common. To me, it's important to find that common ground and go from there. Anyway, onward to the episode. I hope you all enjoy it. So Ben, when did you start doing Metal Sucks? Um, so we started Metal Sucks in December 2006. Uh, it was me and my friend Matt, who I've been friends with literally since kindergarten. Um, you know, we always shared a lot of common musical tastes. And, uh, you know, like any friend you've had for that long, you sometimes you drift a little bit apart. You come back together, you know, and there are periods. So um, we were hanging out a lot again uh, in, I guess, like the mid-2000s. And um, we were at a show. Um, and I sort of had this idea and I like turned to him and I was like, we should like start a, a metal site that's like kind of like pitchfork, but for metal. Okay. Because um, no one at the time was really doing that. Like you just had like Blabbermouth, uh, I guess like PRP was around then. Um, 
they were kind of just more like copy paste press release more newsy yeah like more to, more news and yeah. so like we wanted to do like not exactly like pitchfork but like something that had opinion in it mm-hmm. uh which no one was doing at the time um but we also wanted to have some humor in it as well and like our inspiration for that was actually metal sludge i don't know if you used to frequent that site yeah definitely um but um yeah so so that was excuse me that was how we started and um it uh, really started to, we started to pay attention to it seriously in going into 2007, um, and it kind of just picked up from there. Did you have a, like a journalism background, or did you do any writing part um, of this? No, I had none of that. Uh, like my, what I brought to the table at the beginning was um, more on the website, just getting it set up, getting the website going, which was like very basic and shitty looking at the beginning. Uh, but you know, I got like the domain and the website set up, like very basic. Uh, Matt comes from more of a, more of that background. He is actually, uh, has a film background. Uh, so, you know, he has experience in writing and, uh, creative thinking along those lines. Um, my background was actually in the music industry. I was, uh, I had a bunch of jobs in a very short amount of time after graduating college. Like I had, uh, my first real job uh, started as an internship in, um, excuse me, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, working for a booking agency that booked like all the has-been rock and metal acts ever. Like everyone from like um, the four tops oh, wow. okay. to like seven Mary three to like rat and skid row. Uh, you know, so it was like, if you like once had a career in rock or like any kind of rock, um, you know, like we'll take you. So I, uh, I started there. Um, and from there I moved back to New York where I grew up and, um, one job to another. Um, eventually, I worked for a, a small record label. I worked in a recording studio. I worked uh, for a manage, a producer manager, a guy who manages producers um, as his assistant. Um, and eventually ended up at Atlantic Records uh, managing projects for their web team, which was uh, an interesting experience. Like be, being in the major label world, it was like, not for me, but I certainly learned a lot uh, and I'm grateful for the experience. So. It was like during that time where Metal Sucks really started to pick up. Um, we would kind of sneak in a couple posts, you know, in between. Like Matt had his job. He was at a talent agency for Broadway okay. actors, uh, like as an assistant. And um, go home, uh, write some more posts. You know, once we actually started to get like advertising clients and stuff, I would do all that stuff at home, like after hours, like spreadsheets and, you know, and just like trying to send emails, like work out deals, all this stuff. Um, and eventually we hooked up with Frank and Rob from Metal Injection, uh, fellow native New Yorkers doing a very similar thing that we were doing. And, uh, together we, we got together for the first time at, uh, my old place got baked out of our minds and came up with this idea to start Blast Beat Network, which is the, the ad network that we run that sells advertising for obviously our two sites and like Lambgoat, PRP, um, until recently Decibel, uh, they're doing their own thing now, and like Cult Nation, several other oh, okay, sites. Okay, yeah. And also uh, the Gear, Gear Gods is part uh, of this Gear operation. Gods, right, exactly. Here, right? Yeah, like yeah. Gear Gods is um, uh, a joint venture of the Blast Beat Network. Like that's fully controlled by all of us. Whereas Metal Sucks is still just me and Matt. Metal Injection is still just Rob and Frank. Like those right. are separate companies. Yeah. 
uh, but Gear Gods is is fully blast beat. It's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, and so anyway, like eventually after it got to a certain point when I was at Atlantic, I could no longer stand the the major label world, um, and the website was at a point where it was like earning some money, you know, mm-hmm. like not really enough. And like, I felt like if I quit and devoted myself to it, I would be able to, uh, t- get that time back to put into it and that it would pay off. And thankfully that's what ended up happening. So here we are 10 years later. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I think when, um, you know, you're working on a venture and you're doing your day job and you're doing like a variety of other different uh, endeavors to try to make, uh, you know, make the ends meet. And then there's like that sort of uh, law of diminishing returns, I think. Maybe that's not the right term, but like when you're like, okay, I'm putting, you know, out of a 24-hour day, I'm spending 22 hours doing my job and doing this other thing. And then there's got to be a a point, like a sweet spot when you're like, okay, I have to jump off of the one thing so I can devote more time so this thing grows into something else. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like a, you know, it's really cool that you guys were able to do that. Thank you. Uh, You know, it's the same for being in a band, you know, like when you have to decide like, well, I got to go tour for six weeks and then come home for a month and then tour for another six weeks. And, you know, it's like at some point you kind of have to make that decision to give up the comforts of, you know, that steady paycheck. Yeah. Like, you know, all that stuff. And and that's, that's like, uh, now that I don't have a regular paycheck that comes in, it's like, I do lament those days of every two weeks having a sum of money to show up magically in my account. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a sweetness to that, that you have to sacrifice. However, going for it and seeing some dividends pay off on that end, I think eclipses any kind of financial, uh, you know, stability I think you can have. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, that's why we're all in metal, you know, like, you know, people like ask me, you know, like, Oh, it must be cool to have your own business and, you know, like relatively stable money, even though it's not, you know, automatic, uh, you know, and it's like, I just like to say like, well, like no one's getting rich in metal. Like it's just not how it is. You know, we're all here because we love it. So um, you grew up in New York, yep, and um, in Brooklyn specifically, um, right? In Manhattan, actually. Oh, Manhattan. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. So you, uh, you know, did you go to the shows at CBS and you know ABC? Um, yeah, and- I went to CBS. Um, I went, you know, like some of the bigger shows, like Irving Plaza, um, Wetlands was Wetlands, one that was, was I was great. at a lot. Um, some of the other places that are long gone, you know, like Continental and you know, and uh, places like that. Did you make it out to any Lemoore shows? Or the uh, I actually never did get to, yeah. to Lemoore. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, kind of like we were talking about off air earlier, you know, yeah. it was like a little bit outside the range of like where I was, was, was going. Sure. Yeah. So actually, um, just came in on the wire today that the Pestilence tour got canceled. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and you guys had yeah. something to do with that, right? Yeah. So one of the things that I'm curious about is, uh, how exactly that happens. I mean, I mean, you know, just to put it out there, uh, you know, I do believe that you should have consequences for your actions. How, you know, I think, you know, if you're going to be ignorant and have certain viewpoints that uh, paint you in a certain light, that, you know, portray you as a certain person, that there should be consequences to those actions. Okay. Um, so what's the, uh, the sort of timeline for how things happen from, like, making some very, you know, ignorant, racially insensitive Facebook page, Facebook uh, quotes, or I don't really know the whole story yeah. to having your entire U.S. tour uh, canceled. Um, it varies greatly. Um, in the case of Inquisition, um, that was 
Well, in almost all of these cases, there was somebody that sent a tip to us. Okay. Um, with, uh, with pestilence, it was screenshots and links to, uh, and someone sent you that information. Somebody sent us that information. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. In in fact, in all of the cases that probably you're <laughs> going to ask me about, it was somebody that sent us information initially. It was like, Hey, like you guys should check this out. Um, so with inquisition, um, that was an extremely serious accusation. Dude, I don't even uh, want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole, man, because yeah. that's like, that's, okay, so, well, yeah, well, that's uh, so clearly yeah. like such a, a dodgy like thing to be talking about, really, it yeah. like, you know, pedophilia or whatever the hell yeah, this guy is. Yeah, super dark. I didn't even want to read about it, really, but yeah. I did read well, it. Well, so I'll just answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as it relates to this question, yeah, yeah. Um, that took two months between when we first got that tip and when we published the article. Okay. Um, because there was research to do um, and there were legal issues to figure out, you know, like what can we publish? Like what can we say? Right. What are the potential consequences? Um, and, you know, we want to make sure, like when we put something of this nature out, it needs to be right. You know, exactly, like it yeah. needs to be completely right. Um, with pestilence, it's different because all we're talking about here is some stupid shit this guy said, you know, and it's like the post is right there. Like yeah, he it's on said a public it. Forum, like, you know, right? we don't, there's like nothing, there's no legal files to research. There's no, you know, like what else is there really to be said? Um, so with that one, I think it was, you know, like less than a day between, okay. between when that tip came in and when we published the article. All right. So the, so the process is someone send you a tip, you know, as, as journalists, mm -hmm. you vet them, you vet the material out to make sure it's correct. Yeah. And then you post something. Okay. So now the information that I just received via text message, you mm -hmm. know, I'm at the, you on know, the, the, the cutting edge, coming in right the cutting now. Oh, edge wow, okay. of, uh, of yeah. news as we speak. That's great. Was that, uh, the tour got canceled. So right. who canceled the tour? Like how did that actually come, come to pass? Uh, I don't know the full answer to that. Um, what I saw on, I guess, Pestilence's statement was that their U S promoter decided to pull the plug on it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that could be like, maybe that means their agent probably not, you know, I'm not really okay. sure. Um, Maybe there was one promoter who bought all the dates. Like maybe it was like yeah. a Live Nation or right, something like that, you know, thing, yeah. or, uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, but uh, from my understanding, it was just a shorter tour. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. Uh, once again, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't planning on seeing Pestilence. So it's yeah. like uh, I um, I'm not sure what the, the, the scope of their tour was necessarily. Right. But uh, so it, it could have been something where like maybe someone at their agency was uh you know took offense to to the material that was you know he used a you know a, a racial slur in a in a uh, facebook post and also defended donald trump which if somebody took that and was like i don't want to work with these guys anymore i kind of applaud that because it's like right i think that in the environment that we have today um where a lot of people with uh some extremely far-right leanings are suddenly they're they're being taken seriously because of the you know the current administration we have to use your power as uh, a consumer or you know the power you have in business to 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 respond to that I think is actually you know a, a pretty positive thing. Yeah. However, one of the things that I don't agree with though is that um, 
you know, there, there's always like, there's been like these strong arm tactics that have been like happening as a result of some of this stuff. It's almost like, you know, we always like to blame the right and the conservatives for being these kind of like, you know, tough guys throwing their weight around. But then now that there's like this like very strong unified uh, right wing contingency, it's almost like there's like license from the extreme left to respond in kind at a at a at a very uh, in a similar fashion by throwing using violence and threats and things like that. Yeah. So I just want to be I want to I just wasn't sure if like the pestilence thing was like antifa like you know jumping um, on board or anything like that. Not to my knowledge, uh, like I'm I'm not aware of any any connections with that. Um, I mean the the po the post or posts I should say because there were a couple um, were actually from several months ago. Okay. Um, and for whatever reason, no one had picked up on them. Um, and I've, I've talked to other people about this. Apparently, the, these weren't isolated, uh, isolated incidents. There were others, you know. So it wasn't just like the guy was just drunk one night and ranting, yeah. which not that that would have been okay either, you know, but, but there were multiple incidents. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, there, not to my knowledge, there was no, like, coordinated effort to bring this thing down okay uh, so i mean it's it's more of you're presenting the information as like a journalist then because that's really like ultimately what you guys are doing then. in in this case yeah. yeah i mean you know like it is there is some gray area though you know because like we like i told you in the open have always wanted to be an opinionated site yeah. you know it's so like we're not we we are openly trying to have our biases in what we write that's okay. always been the case um sometimes we have to walk that back a little uh like when it comes to like sensitive stuff like this um in the pestilence case what can you really say you know i mean, I mean it's all like, there yeah like you it's all I mean? there he's yeah. talking about like the international jewish conspiracy yeah, yeah, and like okay. zionists and it's like dude right. like come on yeah. you know um with something like the inquisition one that one we like really had to put our journalist, you know, pro journalist hats on okay. and like really just make it as cut and dry as possible. You know, like here's here are the court documents, we got them from here, here's what they say, here's how the case played out, here's what the evidence what you know, like all this stuff, we just presented it. And that, that came in as some someone sent you that information. Um, like all somebody that. sent us uh, like a very quick kind of tip, like um, uh, what's this guy's name? Jason Weirbach, um, aka Dagon, yeah. or however you pronounce it, um, was charged with possession of child pornography, and you know this year, and this was the jurisdiction. You guys should look into it. Okay, and that that was it. That was it. And there was never a question as what this guy's motivations might have been. Um, he actually did say something about, um, like, I was, uh, well, I probably shouldn't say too much. Um, he, uh, he, had known, he had known the person at the time, uh, known Jason at the time. Okay. And said, like, he's a piece of shit, basically. <clears throat> okay. Um, and now it turns out, that person actually sent that tip to multiple publications. Right. Okay. It and came then, out later. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. Oh, okay. So, um, but no one else, I guess, chose to like Neil Jameson actually wrote a thing about how for his decibel column about how he was sent this tip, uh, and didn't do anything. 
Interesting. Um, but um, in any case, um, it just, uh, well, again, I probably shouldn't say too much. We, we, uh, we looked into the, the jurisdiction that this happened in, and you know, court records are publicly available. Anyone can access them. We obtained the court records and looked through them, and it was like, wow. Once again, you know, this, yeah. this, this type of thing is like, you know, uh, very, uh, you know, I, I would, once I saw that headline, I was like, I think I need to like shut my browser down yeah. and like not even really. Well, what happened was, <laughs> is, you know, after these two months, you know, and like, again, we like consulted with a lawyer and there were like all these, you know, this whole process we had to go through to make sure it was tight. Uh, we wrote the article and then we emailed the band's label and said, we're publishing yeah. this article right. um, 24 hours from right now. Would you or the band like to comment? Um, and I think we sent that in the morning, maybe around 2 or 3 o'clock. Um, I might have my timeline. At some point, we got a, a one-sentence reply. Inquisition are no longer on Season of Mist. Um, I think it was that same day, actually. It was. Um, and they didn't provide any other details. Like, you could interpret that as, no, oh, they're just not on our label anymore. Like, their deal was up, and, you know, so they're on some other label. Like, chase some other label. As it turned out, the label announced the next morning on their Facebook page that they had dropped the band. Mm -hmm. um, and that was when word started getting in. You know, then once we saw that, we're like, well, we're not waiting 24 hours now, you know, publish, boom. Right, right. Uh, it was almost, you know, whatever it was, like 20 hours at that point or whatever. But it happened pretty quickly. Though. Yeah, yeah, very quickly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, you know, once again, like, I read a little bit about it. Um, you know, I mean, I know that I think what he was charged with and what he actually, um, you know, was ultimately, I think there was like a plea bargain involved yeah, or something like that. Yeah, So I, I know... And I won't, I won't go into too much detail about some of my own personal uh, dealings with the legal system that uh, oftentimes you're charged with something that's in excess of what you're actually guilty of doing. Mm -hmm. And then you agree to, okay, this right. is what I did. That is true. Yeah. But you should read the, okay. the report because it's very specific. It's very specific. It's very specific about like files that were on his oh, computer. Okay. All right. So they like have the it. They names had of those files, like okay. the process in which they discovered them. Okay. It's like very, very specific. And that happened like 11 um, years But, you know, ago. I mean, you're not wrong that, like, yes, yeah, sometimes there are charges in excess of what there are. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I got beat up by a cop when I was 19, mm -hmm. okay? And then I was charged with assaulting a police officer. Sure. All right? Because, you know, disorderly conduct or whatever is probably not, you know, that's something that they understand that once it got into in front of a judge or you talk to a lawyer or you talk to a public defender that, that might, I might have gotten off with something less than that. Mm -hmm. So they hit you with something heavier than that. So that the thing that you're charged, you're actually guilty of mm -hmm. is the thing that, that sticks to you. Yeah, so. that, that can happen. Okay. Um, it can also happen where you're charged with what you did and then you accept a plea deal for something less. Um, and the reason is for that, as has been explained to me by a friend of mine who's a lawyer, mm -hmm. um, is that simply the, the jurisdiction doesn't want to spend the time uh, and expense prosecuting it. You know, and they're like, well, like if you take this lesser charge, we don't have to do this. Um, and let's just get it out of the system. So now just one other clarification about that is um, that happened like, what, 10 or 11 years ago? Yeah. Okay. So. 2009, I want okay, to say. Okay, so, yeah, that's like 
almost you know, whatever, 10 years, essentially 10 years ago. What, was he assigned any court, any sign of, um, you know, like, you know, community service or what, was there some debt that he had to pay to um, society? He had to go through to sex offender treatment. Okay. Um, or pardon me if that's not the right terminology. He had to go to some kind of treatment uh, for, you know, his, his, offense, his charges. Right. Um, he, you know, I, I don't recall what the other punishments were. Uh, I know that was part of it, though. But there is there is a sense of him. I mean, just playing devil's advocate, there is a sense that... Yeah, he, like, if you want to make the argument, like, he served his time. Right. You know, like, yeah, you could... I mean, I'm not yeah. defending anything yeah. that this guy's done. I'm just taking, like, the sort of objective opinion yeah. that, um, you know, say you, you do fuck up in society, at least in this society that we live in, and you are, you know, the court gives you a sentence to, to go through. Right. And then once you serve that sentence, that theoretically, even though that we know this doesn't exist in the real world, that there shouldn't be any kind of bias held against you. I mean, I know that you can't vote if you're a felon. You mm -hmm. certain jobs that you can't hold. And if you're a sex offender, you got to register in certain neighborhoods and things like that. Now, was, did he have to register as a sex offender? Um, I think part of the plea deal, deal was that he did not. Okay. All right. Or there, there was something, again, like I, I don't recall the exact details. Um, there was something like he had to go to these classes and uh, I don't think he was ended up on any registry. Okay. But that was some, some legal sort of attorney yes. agreement they, yes. they came up yes. with. Yes. Okay. All right, that's um, interesting. But I mean, it's interesting you bring up the, the idea of like paying debt to society. Um, I definitely think there's some basis to that. I also think. It depends on what the crime is. Okay. Um, so, you know, this one might be a little bit outside of your world of metal, but uh, the, the Tim Lambesis case with As I Lay Dying, are you... Um, I, yeah. I, I am... I, yeah. Even though I do not listen to that band or that style of music, I'm aware of that story. Yes. Right, yeah. So, like, you know, this issue you're talking about came up again with that when, you know, the, his former bandmates took him back basically. And they put out a single earlier this year. Um, this argument was raging, you know, like, should he be forgiven? He did his time. He was in jail, you know, all of that. And so like, for just for the benefit of those out there who are listening, who probably don't listen to I me, mean, I'm assuming a lot of the guys that list people we have, we have female, believe it or not, there are females that listen to this podcast too. I, know, I, I wouldn't expect it's a very dude centric I, mean, I, I would thing expect here. that there would be uh, <laughs> honestly I mean there's a lot of women yeah. in the metal community now um, but anyway so for those of you out there who aren't familiar with that case what's the exact, exact detail uh, so that? Tim Lambies is the front man of As I Lay Dying a popular metalcore band from the I guess mid to mid 2000s to early 2010s um, attempted to hire a hitman to kill his ex-wife um, and was caught when a policeman posing as the hitman caught him red-handed, basically, like trying to make the deal. Now, wasn't he also, uh, there's some sort of steroids involved or like performance-enhancing drugs or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he used to be a, a scrawny dude in the early days and got, you know, by the time all this stuff happened, was incredibly jacked up and there was some, <laughs> you know steroid element that he like later tried to blame for his behavior uh you know which i don't really know what to make of that um but um but in any case uh you know this idea of serving your time 
uh, where I sort of landed on it is, yes, you, you served your time, you served your debt to society. You're a free man. You can live a free life now and you can, you know, he's gotten remarried. He's, you know, I, I don't know what else he's doing. Uh, but we're like, I kind of draw the line is like, is, does he get to play with his band for thousands of people every night? Like, is that, does that qualify under the umbrella of what you automatically get back when you come out? Yeah, that's an interesting point because, um, yeah, because there is this sign of, I guess, like a karmic sort of retribution for doing certain things. And like I said earlier in this talk that I definitely believe in consequences for your actions. You know what I mean? So, so though legally this, uh, in these, both of these cases, you know, there, there might've been some minimum served when it comes to the legal system and your, your position in society. So I guess one of the things that is, uh, you know, there's a, a line that could be debatable as to that intangible quality, like what are you entitled to regain after you've done all these things, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's up to debate, really. Yeah, it, it totally is. Uh, you know, and in, in the case of Inquisition, at least now, you know, this is still pretty recent, it seems like very few people are willing to forgive. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that was one where it was almost universal, like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Uh, with Lambesis, you know, I like I was shocked, honestly, at like how many As They Lay Dying fans were just like so pumped, like in the comments on the single on YouTube, Facebook, on our site. Uh, like we actually stopped posting, but we like drew a moratorium on posting about him anymore. Cause so they, they were excited that he's returning to the super band. Super excited. They're like, yeah, like and just like saying the most ridiculous things too. like, yeah, like the song is so great. Like. So glad we welcome Tim back. They're gonna show everybody, just like it's just like show everybody what, like it's just yeah, that's a little disappointing, I think. You know, and I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people taking this view. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. However, uh, I mean, in general, like the, I feel like that. I mean, this is my opinion that that style of music appeals to like, uh, like a little bit less evolved, kind of maybe less. Um, you know, spiritually advanced uh, fan of music, maybe. You oh, know, I don't know, man. <laughs> and I guess that's I, my I opinion. I, man. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I think there are evolved spiritually and unevolved spiritually people in all yeah. sub genres of metal. Well, I guess like just in my exposure to some of the metalcore and like having toured with some deathcore bands and things like that. Yeah, there's definitely a. Uh, you're more of like the brute, you know, yeah, like the element. macho kind of uh, possibly. Well, I'll straight up misogynistic. I mean, I've seen yeah. some T-shirts on some of these tours, you know, like what is ask your girlfriend what my dick tastes like. Right. Yeah. All right. Now, do you, are you surprised that these fucking guys would, would welcome a dude who had his, you know, was on steroids no. and had I, his, I like, shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. It, disappointed yeah right me too yeah because I, I would like to believe that people have like a little bit more sensitivity in, in them to 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 see that that's like you know not an acceptable mode of behavior really yeah uh but i mean as well you know i'm sure you want to talk about some of the other like black metal bands you know i mean there's defenders there of heinous activities too you know and like misogynistic folks in that community and you know i mean i think they're everywhere 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, well, just, you know, once again, to put it out there, just, you know, make no mistake about it. Like, I'm not a proponent of racism or any kind of misogyny or, you know, even racial, you know, racial insensitivity or whatever, any of that stuff. I mean, you know, the creative output that I have doesn't, you know, support any of that. You know, it's mostly about like esoteric sort of, you know, occult themes, things like that. Um, but I mean, it's a, it might be a little bit naive, I think, to um, apply those types of rules. And I'm not, once again, I'm not supporting anyone who embraces these things, but it's pretty much since day one of black metal, there's been this like very shadowy element to the whole style of music, really. You know, and, and it's like, you don't really have to look that far to see any of that stuff, even in bands that are vastly successful on a commercial level. Yeah. Um, well, that's fine, you know, and that can exist. Y- you know, I think like where I view my role in it is, I think like a lot of people like don't know about okay. some of that, you know, like with uh, Destroyer 666, you know, or, you know, like I think like people didn't know, okay. you know, and like, so my job is to give them the information and let them decide. Yeah. Cause that's a band like the last, the last bit of trouble they got into had more to do with the me too movement, I think. Uh, dude, it was everything they got into. Yeah. It but with, I mean, the last like thing was, I read about was oh, that like, thing in Sweden a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, saw oh, that, there yeah. must've been another one yeah. then, but there was, when they were on tour with Tane, there was the, the venue in San Francisco, which I've actually played at several times. The, um, the DNA lounge. Okay. Where the, the promoter was like, you know, this guy said something about, uh, women need to do one thing or another to loosen up and they'll everything about the me too, you know, some sort of basically women got to cool out, you know, no one's trying, you know, the rape thing, whatever. It was pretty disgusting what the guy said. Yeah. I think it was that he said it at a show in Sweden. Okay. And then, yeah, the thing in San Francisco right, right. is what happened. So, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, you know. But what about all the, f- the white power shit? Like, those, their members, they share members. They were oh, well, in- we've written extensively about okay. that. all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Right, okay. But the other thing, too, when I thought about it was like, you know, I've been to the DNA Lounge just last year. I think I was, I've been there like maybe in the last 16 months, I've been there like seven times or something. And if you're going to take that standpoint about, you know, okay, misogyny, you know, there's a, there's a tons of like booty, like hip hop shows that happen there too. So, I mean, I, I love women myself, you know, I have, you know, I don't want to see anyone get raped. I don't want to see anyone be objectified. I don't want to see any of that stuff happen. However, you have to apply rules uniformly across the board. I think, mm-hmm. especially if you're a promoter, if you're going to take money, if you're going to make money and sell alcohol and like get a killer bar night, you know, on some booty hip hop show, you know, where you, the, the, the flyer for the show is basically five chicks is asses, you know, you also have to take offense to that as well as to insensitive statements by this guy and this band really. You know um, I mean? right. Well, I agree with part of that. Okay. Uh, and the, the part is that you, you should be consistent. Uh, so, you know, you have like a label like season of mist, which drops Inquisition after less than 24 hours, but has no problem with Destroyer 666, who have hateful, like, white, actual white supremacist ideologies and just, like, said terrible shit about all sorts of people. And, like, that's fine, according to Season of Mist. Um, but the other part, what you said with, you know, I mean, 
I just have to say, I, I really don't know much about the hip hop world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there's a difference between women consenting to, for, to a photo shoot, you know, and choosing to portray themselves in a certain way. Right. Then there is the guy from Destroyer 666 saying like whatever he said about you know like those are different things to me well they are maybe in the in a primary way but i think on a secondary maybe tertiary way they're not that much different because i think that imagery sort of puts forth an idea that it's okay to victimize women really well i don't know if it's victimizing well i I mean that's what i'm saying it's a difference between debatable victimizing and like if I'm a woman and you know, like I'm proud of my body, like, you know, maybe I want to take photo shoot, you know, like maybe I want to make money off that. And like, that's, you know, that's any woman's right to, to do that if she right. chooses to. Okay. I agree with that. But what I'm trying to say though, is the way that that image is sort of embedded within this creative output where some of the, you know, the lyrical content is, you know, misogynistic, basically. Mm-hmm. So the two are linked together. I mean, if you, you know, there's like, you go on Instagram, there's tons of women who are alternative models, whatever you want to call them, and that, that's great. You know, they're choosing to put photos out of themselves. And, you know, that's great. It's nice to look at. I, I look at them, you know, it's great. But I think that when like the sort of like male, uninformed, kind of more ignorant sort of element uses that to sort of, create this atmosphere where they're given the green light to sort of, you know, to, you know, victimize women or, you know, denigrate them. I feel like it's, it's all related somehow. Yeah. Like you're, you're like kind of taking more issue with the lyrical element, like kind of like the culture. Well, the, the overall, I mean, I like hip hop. I, I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the music, not so much the newer stuff, but like I, I've been since the eighties, I've been listening to hip hop music, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, it varies. I'm not saying all of hip hop or all of this or all of that, but I think that there's an element of certain, you have to be choosy about what you do, just like with metal, just like with this, the stuff that you and I are really d- deeply involved with. You have to pick and choose the types of things that you want to support or that you want to uh, let into your life, like that energy into your existence, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, and that's why I think that being consistent about ideas is, is super important. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's something that we do our best at Metal Sucks to do, you know, and like we've definitely made mistakes, you know, and like gotten shit wrong. And like we, we've even addressed this recently in an article on the site, like, hey, like there's some stuff we said like years ago that like we look back on now and like, frankly, like we're ashamed that we said that stuff, you know, and like I think I think some, some, a little self-reflection in that way is important, you know, but, you know, we do strive to be as consistent as possible. Yeah. Some of the things that have happened recently, I mean, I, maybe you're referring to the, the tour with Taka, which, um, I mean, was it 2016? I mean, I, that's the only time I'd ever seen them, I think was on the tour that you guys, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you co-promoted it. Yeah. We, uh, we were a title sponsor of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, just so like for, for maybe you or you probably know this, but like if anybody listening, like whenever a tour says metal sucks presents or decibel presents or well, decibel has their own tour. So maybe that's not the best example, but like usually when a tour has somebody presenting it at the top of the flyer, usually 
when it's a media organization, there's no money changing hands. It's just a promo swap. Right. Uh, so it's like, you know, we promote the tour on our site a little extra than we normally would. You know, maybe we give them some free ads. We get the guys in the band to do some like guest columns, sure. maybe, you know, take over our Instagram for a day, like that kind of thing um, in exchange for our logo on the flyer, you know, like promo for us, which doesn't always happen this way, but ideally everywhere the flyer is posted, everywhere it's listed on all the venue websites, it also says Metal Sucks Presents on it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, like, by the way, that, this actually isn't even what I was talking about oh, okay. with, uh, with like th- <laughs> things that I was ashamed, we, you know, we said. But, um, but uh, yeah, we did sponsor that tour in 2016 and, uh, you know, just like didn't know, you know, we didn't know. Right. Um, but we addressed that recently on the site as well. You know, we're just like, well, obviously we wouldn't have sponsored yeah. the tour if we knew. Uh, so now that this leads to another interesting development that happened on their most recent tour, which I mean, I one of the, one of the th- one of the biggest things I, I really take offense to is people telling me what to do. OK, someone showing up with a ski mask and saying that you can't go someplace or you can't wear that type of shirt or we're going to beat you up or smash your property or destroy your van or let the air out of your tires or threaten people that are close to you. Okay. That I have a big problem with. I mean, I also have a problem with, you know, racism, homophobia, you know, misogyny, you know, all these things. Okay. But that particular tour with Taka was essentially canceled because like, uh, you know, a gang essentially started threatening people and the promoters didn't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, Well, I think that's part of the story. Um, And I want to say also that I, I agree with you. Like I'm not in favor of, uh, um, you know, that kind of like physical intimidation. Um, but I mean, I think, I think like also in that case, what, what came to light as a result of it was that this band did have a kind of hateful ideolo- ideological past, you know, and I personally am sort of like, not familiar enough with the band to, to know mm-hmm. that. Okay. Right. I mean, I yeah. saw him one time, and it was a tour that you guys sponsored. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not a big fan of the music necessarily. There are other bands to listen to that I think are a lot better than Taka. So mm-hmm. anyway, sorry right. to interrupt. Um, no, no worries. Um, so I think like Antifa kind of got the ball rolling on that one. And then it kind of like took on a life of its own. Um, and like, yeah, I do, I do think those threats resulted in, in some of the cancellations. And then, but then as a result of that, these venues or promoters started to get word of like, Oh my God, you know, what are these guys singing about? Like, like here's these, this picture of this guy with a swastika on his chest. Here's a picture of, uh, the guy with like the, um, the, the, uh, Muslim, uh, like moon, uh, moon thing, like X'd out, uh, you know, like, you know, and it, and it sucks because, you don't always know. You just don't always know. Like if you're booking an act or if you're writing about one and Mike or sponsoring a tour even, you know, like, but we live in a time now where unfortunately maybe we should Google that before, you know, we commit, you know, and like it sucks, but like, you know, you know, like I don't want to have to look up whether any band that we're talking about has like these connections, but sometimes they do. 
So, I mean, what, what was, uh, like, how did you get your introduction to black metal? Um, you know, like, I, I was not into black metal during, uh, you know, like all, like all the 90s, um, you know, all the stuff that was coming out of Norway. Right. Um, like, I wasn't really aware of it at that time. Uh, you know, like, I was a young teen, uh, you know, and, like, I... Just like the European stuff wasn't really on my radar. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, um, like, you know, and I, and I guess over the years I sort of, you know, became of all the stuff that everyone's aware, you know, like Burzum and, uh, you know, and, and Dark Throne and Emperor, you know, and all that stuff and sort of started diving into that. Um, and, um, you know, and then like really, I guess, started like diving more deeply into black metal when the American stuff started coming like Leviathan like yeah like middle 2000s kind of you know like Nocmistium like when that stuff started coming around was where I like more like took to the genre more because I remember it was for me I mean I'm I'm a bit older than you so like in the I think 95 or so I was on tour with my band that I was in at the time and we stopped at our record label's office and there was like a magazine there it might have been like you know, Rip or Metal Hammer or something like that, you know, Metal Maniacs maybe. And there was like this whole article about black metal. And I was like, oh, like like the Venom record, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember on that tour reading, reading the articles about these bands and pretty much from the, the first minute, I was like, Burzum, wow, that's like this guy, you know, gotta watch out for this guy, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's someone to keep your eye on, you know what I mean? And I guess maybe having been around the hardcore scene and the, you know, and actually seeing white power skinheads at shows, um, I knew that there is a potential threat from people with extreme viewpoints like that. And I, I think I, ba- I sort of edged into black metal knowing that you had to be super vigilant about what bands you're going to support because, you know, I even looked up on a site like, okay, you know, like years later when I got an internet connection, I remember I looked, one of the first things I looked up was by then I was deeply into like black metal and extreme death metal and all that stuff. And there was like a list of bands that were NSBM or whatever, you know, and that's like, you know, early, early attempts to kind of, you know, disseminate like who's who and like who has these extreme political ideas and all this sort of stuff. So, I mean, even to this day, when I hear of like a European band that plays in the black metal scene, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, well, you know, how many how far removed from white, you know, from national socialism are they really, you know? Right, totally. And, um, I mean, but some of, some of the bands, I think they get pegged with that don't really have any political agendas. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like a dangerous, like who, like, I I don't believe Watain has like any religious agenda aside from their satanic dark circle. Well, well, let's make a distinction here though. Like there's, one thing to say the band doesn't have a, an agenda. Right. And then there's another thing to ask what the individual member's beliefs are. Okay. Well, that's a good point. You yeah. know, okay. So that, and that's kind of the way that they skirted around the photo. You know, they're like, we're not a political band. We don't sing about politics. Right. Or, I mean, that's not even political to me, but whatever. If we use the term political to like broadly encompass politics, social issues, sure. you know, like anything yeah. kind of like, yeah, we'll just throw it, uh, we'll define know, it as that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, 
but they said nothing about the end of the beliefs of the individual members of the band. So like, but, and to me, that's just like such a bullshit response because it doesn't confront the issue. So they, I mean, we're talking about the photograph of the guy C. Hailing, right? Right. And then, yeah. so that, that was the response that the band itself doesn't have a political agenda. Right. Or anything. And, you know, and then they kind of went on to use this language that the alt-right has adopted of like a witch hunt and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like once you start seeing that stuff, it's like, guys, like, come on. Hmm. Okay. You know, like somebody in this band, probably that guy who was doing that, um, you know, has some pretty extreme views. Yeah. I mean, and like, I don't want to support that and I want to let my readership know about it so they can choose not to support it if they also don't agree with those ideologies. But aside from that photograph of the guy C. Hailing, you don't have any actual proof that he has any NS leanings or, you know, just by omission, um, I guess he's, you're assuming that he's guilty or something like that. Um, I mean, you don't see... Many people going around see Kyling. Uh, there, there, were some, well, there were some videos of him doing it uh, at live shows, so it wasn't just like a one-time incident. Yeah, well, I'll call, I'll call, <laughs> I'll call the the, film, the famous Phil Anselmo video. Right, sure, yeah. And, I mean, do I think, all right, do I believe Phil Anselmo is, is a racist in the way that, like, Richard Spencer is a racist? Right, no, no. absolutely not. I don't. Yeah, no. Okay, do I, well... These Europeans that are seek hailing, do I believe that they're racists in the same way that Richard Spencer is a racist? I don't know. I don't have any proof to, to say one way or the other, really. You know, um, Phil Anselmo is on video seek hailing and yelling "white power." Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like, and on top of <laughs> decades of stuff that other musicians and people in the industry have shared privately. Okay, I mean, I, I don't. I, I sure. Okay, yeah. you know. But the thing is, is that do I believe either of these guys are organizing people to, you know, in groups like the traditionalist workers party or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think that there's like, um, you know, once again, I'm not defending. I mean, I would never, you know, for me to, to publicly seek hell and use this sort of language is unacceptable. You know what I mean? But that's my personal viewpoint on this thing. Okay. Um, you know, I can't say what these guys' thoughts are on it, you know? I mean, I mean back clearly in the 80s... They have, yeah, like, I, I see what you're saying. Like, there's yeah. different... There's scales. Of, there's scales. Uh, there's scales. You know? And then yeah. even within that, there's like, okay, people are being branded Nazis and fascists and all this other stuff, but then possibly there's just certain people that are... I mean, like my dad. My dad voted for Donald Trump. Okay, my cousins, they voted for Donald Trump. Is he a Nazi? You know? I don't think so. No, I mean, and, and I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Um... You know, but if you're but, a Sieg Heiling, right, that, you know, like that's definitely way farther on the scale. Sure. You know, so. But uh, you should have to answer for that. I agree with you on that. Yeah. You, you know? know, and I mean, like this guy knew what he was doing. It was a posed photo. Yeah. You know, and it's like. What, you know, why are you doing that if you don't? One other one possible answer to that question could be that people are it's it's like taking a piss out of out of what people are are accusing other people of being. I mean, look, I'm not. Um, I mean, that photo was old though. Was, I don't know. Was yeah, it an old photo? It was older. Yeah. Okay. But it's debatable. I think you know. I mean, people um, do that stuff all. They they do. I've seen people do things like that, like Phil on video on YouTube. A guy like captured that, put it out there. Phil's a Nazi. 
True or false? Uh, I don't think anyone said Phil's a Nazi. I've, I've seen I many think, people say well, okay, that. Well, maybe I not, maybe not in the press. Maybe not in the press. I'm not saying you did, or yeah. maybe not the press, but... You know, you can go into, you know, once again, like Facebook comments and, you know, just conversations with people. Oh, I've known that guy was a racist all along. I personally don't know Phil Anselmo, so I can't really say one way or the other. I do know other people around him, you know, like in other bands that are, he's familiar with, friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just, there are real threats out there, though. And that's, that's the guess, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that you can focus on these things that are questionable or you can actually focus on the real threats. You know? I mean, I don't think it's that questionable and I think we can focus on all of it. Okay. You know, like I, like why, like, yeah, let's focus on all of it. Like why give this kind of behavior a pass in our community? Well, I'm saying you, it's fine to write about it. I mean, I, I support the fact that people are, are showing this to the public, but you know, my one concern though is by straight up, I mean, I'm not saying you're guilty of this, but some people are just throwing these terms around. And they're, mm-hmm. by throwing these terms around, they're redefining the meaning of some of these words. And that's, that's like a dangerous position to be in with people. Uh, sure. Well, if you're trying to make the argument that we should be careful about the language we use, yes. then uh, wholeheartedly agree yeah. with that. That's really but, what, what I'm trying to but, get at. But where I, where I stop is... You know, if you're trying to make the argument that there's there's bigger problems out there that we shouldn't be, you know, that we shouldn't be focusing on Anselmo or this guy in Watain or, you know, whatever it is, then, you know, I, I'm, I don't buy that argument um, because it's a problem, you know, it's a problem for, I mean, well, A, it's a problem just societally yeah, uh, to be signaling that this kind of behavior and hateful ideologies are okay, even if it's lesser on the scale than, say, Richard Spencer. Um, But B, like, I don't want to support those people. And I think that a lot of people who maybe were fans also might want to give, not want to, given this knowledge, you know, like wouldn't want to. So here's the information. Do you still want to go to their shows and, you know, and buy their records? You decide. Well, that, that's a good way to put it, you know, and um, but, you know, once again, you know, I think it requires more investigation, really, to, to just by omission, because the person didn't deny it or didn't ag- admit to it that you he's he's the well, negative. They side all deny it. OK, not not some people don't, though. I mean, there 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 are, you know, functioning groups of people out there that make music that embrace this sort of ideology openly. Sure. You know, well, anyone in a moderately successful band is probably going to deny, you know, that's what's happening. Like even with the guy in Destroyer 666, who like anyone you talk to will be and like, I've talked to people who, right. you know, like know that guy and like actually said to me, like he does have those views. He, but he doesn't want them publicly discussed. Oh, okay. Like actually said that to me. Well, that's, you know, that's something to, to consider then. Yeah. You know, for sure. You know, and like I said, like I, I'm aware of there of, of forever, for years, for a decade or so. I've been aware that those guys have had or share members with, you know, they have members in Destroyer 666 that were in well-known, you know, I don't know if they were Oi or Blackmail or whatever, but these like, you know, national socialist bands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've often questioned whether or not most people knew about it that supported them yeah um i think clearly some do 
Um, like I actually saw a guy with a destroyer 666 tattoo and it's like, that guy knows, you know, oh, yeah, like he definitely. has no fucking, uh, compunctions about that. But, you know, I think a lot of people didn't. And I think a lot of people were surprised. Um, and some of them chose to abandon the band and some of them chose to keep being fans, you know, and that's a personal choice. Right. So once again, the use of language, would you define those people as Nazis or fascists or whatever if they, if they continue to buy their records and see their shows? The fans? Yeah. Um, it would depend on the... Fa- like, I can't really say. Yeah. You know, but I think... Um, I think the, the, most of the people that I've encountered that are fans, you know, it's always but the riffs. Okay. Like, the, these are people who like the music so much that they'll overlook these. You know, like people say, like, I can separate the art from the artist. What's your feelings about that? I can absolutely not okay. separate the art from the artist. Like, I do not want to support anyone who has these views. Right. So that offends you? Um, it offends me that these fans would, yeah. would be able to, to do that. Um, I don't know if offends is the right word, uh, again, like language here, sure. uh, but may, but like disappoints me, Okay. you know, and like, there are like friends of mine even, Okay. you know, like people coming up in my Instagram feed who are like six, you know, here's, they like, whatever, got like the record in the mail or like mail day. And it's okay. like that record. And I'm like, like at the same, like uh, on one hand the the guy who one person in this case i'm referring to is like i'm not surprised at all okay uh but also it's disappointing you know it's like man you know like i like that guy he's not like a close friend but yeah i i get it you know he's like somebody in the metal industry sure you know and like it's like oh man you know so the but the music the band you would say is offensive to you then um, like that's putting like say destroyer six 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 for example. Yeah, do you find um, them offensive? Yeah, I would say that. Okay. So now, one one of the things is that I believe you know that you know yes you can be offended by things, but there is no rules saying that somebody is can't offend you. Do you know what I mean? Because you know Lenny Bruce back in the day, you know his whole career and his whole livelihood and life was like thrown in the toilet because he was offending people you know and i'm a huge fan of lenny bruce i think you know i love his comedy even though it's a little dated you know i read his book and everything it's great you know and and yeah you know well yeah i i see where you're going like i think we we make exceptions for stuff that is near and dear to us right uh and we find a we kind of come up with mental linguistics that uh sorry mental gymnastics that allow us to kind of make it okay like to justify to ourselves why it's okay for us to continue liking you know and that's certainly some of what's going on with destroyer 666 like definitely pantera oh yeah yeah, Uh, you know and like for me uh well Well, actually does pantera have racist lyrics or i mean i know their um, fans are kind of weird sometimes but uh I don't, I don't think, think they have so. any like yeah. out and out like racist uh, ideologies. So. Yeah, but but like again, that's that thing we were talking about with Watain, where it's like, well, just because the band doesn't doesn't mean it's okay that the members do. 
So, um, yeah, but I don't know if that's true or not true. If yeah. anyone in that band's a racist, um, or I mean, maybe in Pantera. I mean, well, I, it turns I, out Phil and some, you know. All right, well, that but, we t- we yeah. touched on that, yeah. but I'm talking about like maybe by you know like we could generalize and say because they're from the South, they have like racist ideas, or they had the Confederate flag on their merch or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I, I mean, I don't know Phil. I mean, all I can see is the stuff that I see in the media, really. Yeah. And I know less about any of the members of the band, and nor was I ever a fan of their music when I was a kid, mm-hmm. really. So, so I was. Okay. So, like, that's kind of why I'm bringing All it right. up. Okay. You know, right? So, like, you know, to me, like, that was one where, like, I seriously had to have a moment with myself to be like, fuck, you know, like, what do I... And, like, honestly, like, it's not about me, really, in a way. That's kind of, like, selfish to, to like, make it about me. But nevertheless, like, I have to make a decision. Am I going to, like, continue to support Pantera or not? And, like as a member of the media, I'm sort of in a weird position and, and sort of the balance that I've struck with myself, the, the mental gymnastics, yeah. if you will, you know, is like, we're not covering any of Anselmo's, uh, newer projects. We've stopped doing that. No mention. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, like sometimes I'll give myself a pass on old Pantera when it comes on at the jukebox at the bar or whatever, okay. you know, um, is that, okay, you know, I don't know. I'm still kind of figuring it out. You know, like I'm still like figuring out where I fall, you know, as far as how I feel about that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I mean, once again, I don't know. This is the first time we've met. So I, I, um, I think it's the first time we met. Um, But it's definitely, my feeling is that it's ultimately up to the individual to make these decisions though. And I think, but however, I do, you know, I think that as a member of the media and the press that you, you know, it's, it's totally cool that you bring these things up. Um, yeah. And especially as a site that has always been very upfront that these are our opinions, you know, we're okay. not trying to be unbiased here. Right. You know, I think prior to this discussion that I always felt like there was like, um, you know, some kind of, uh, united front <laughs> with metal sucks and, uh, Antifa or something like that. That no, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, you know, you cook up all these like conspiracies in your and, head. Like that's you know? what people think, you know. And like listening to your uh, podcast with, oh, you listen with to uh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle, right, right. Um, okay. yeah, you yeah. know, uh, and just seeing like comments on the internet, you know, and you know, I see like people saying that, and it's like, no, like that's not how. Like we have no affiliation with Antifa at all. Because like, one no of the, whatsoever. I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off like no, that. Um, one, yeah, because like they're such. Uh, a nameless, faceless organization that like, I mean, you know, I travel all over this country, Europe, wherever I see things, I talk to people and like, you know, some of the ideas that people have about Antifa and yeah, metal sucks comes up quite a bit, you know, people, oh yeah, man, I think the guy that runs, you know, runs metal sucks is an Antifa and like, there's all these ideas out there. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, I take everything with a grain of salt. And I was just curious as to like if there actually was an affiliation between any of your ideas and like what's going on with this. Not none at all. Group. Like no no official affiliation and no even like we identify with that mindset. Like nothing there's no correlation even. Yeah. Cause I, I see that. I mean I I guess my first in- experiences with Antifa was actually in Europe. I mean 
like I've never, you know, been on the 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 wrong end of the stick with them necessarily, but I've just seen the power that they wield in Europe with um hardcore and punk and metal shows. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we were we were on tour with a band called The Secret. Uh this is several years I mean, like maybe ten years ago at this point. And uh we're on tour and the the singer uh Marco is uh from Slovenia originally. Or no, he's born in Italy, but his family's from Slovenia. And uh, there's a photograph of him wearing a Burzum t-shirt. And Antifa was like, oh, you guys can't play in Nuremberg. Because this dude had, there's a photo of him wearing a Burzum t-shirt. And then Marco was like, reached out to the promoter. And he's like, well, whoever sent this email to you, I'd like to talk to him about it. And maybe we can come to some kind of agreement or something. And, you know, or find out, maybe he could find out what I'm about. And maybe we can make you know keep everything on the up and up and cool and no one ever responded to him and the show got canceled and you know and you know not not that this really is anything but like you know you're out there depending on you're you're traveling across europe on a shoestring budget and you can't really afford to have shows fall through you know what i mean um you know we're not in the tour bus we're not you know eating deli trays every night Hmm. that kind of thing throwing tv sets out hotel windows or anything um, so that was like my first, I never even heard of Antifab prior to that. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, what the fuck is this all about? And then I, I met people over the years that were part of it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I get where you're coming from. Totally cool. However, when this net gets cast in such a wide berth that it ensnares things that just are completely irrelevant to the cause, I think is like a really dark path for an idea that actually started as a good idea. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and that's just like, you know, even just um, recently I was in contact with someone about potentially doing another European tour over in Europe, and he was telling me just his problems with Antifa and how, you know, like bands like Arancy Pazuzu, you know, have had problems with Antifa, and there's nothing racist about anything that they've done. You know, or, you know, it could just be as simple as a kid at a show. And this happened, actually. We were playing a show in Berlin and they weren't letting kids in who had like Burzum pins on their jackets. Mm. Yeah. You well, the Germans are very sensitive. to that uh, kind of stuff. Rightly yeah. so, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see that about that. I mean, they, you know, hey, man, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Third Reich was German, you know. Um, but that sort of mindset, I feel. I mean, and no one loves gangs more than the United States. You know what I mean? Gang culture, it's like such a huge thing over here. Um, you know, no one loves violence more than the United States and people in the United States do. And I think just in the political environment that we have right now, everyone's on edge. Everyone's looking for a reason to just go buck wild and start smashing shit. That I just think that, like, you know, someone needs to put some kind of governor on these guys. You know what I mean? And. I don't know. I just don't agree with it. I just don't agree. If you want to make a stance about something, show your face, you know, have people come and question you, open up dialogue. You know what I mean? Not just like, all right, we don't want this band to play. We're going to bust heads if it happens, mm-hmm. you know, because I've had that happen to me completely outside of politics. You know, in the late nineties, I had problems with a gang in Boston. We were on tour. Promoter gets a call or an email from some anonymous guy about if this if this band plays in Boston there's going to be trouble. And it's just like we played anyway, you know, there was no trouble. But that that sort of 
mindset of intimidation, I just think is a poisonous idea that puts you on the same level as their opposition. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, you're no better than these thugs who are on the right wing, if not you, but you, someone who yeah. is subscribing to that mindset. And I just think it's a, it's a dangerous uh, landscape to try to navigate. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, and like I can't really speak for Antifa. Yeah. You know, okay. I, I you kind of started to learn about them sort of as the same time. I think a lot of people did like right after the Trump election or inauguration. Yeah. Um, when they sort of started to come into the national consciousness. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, that's like I, I back a lot of what they stand for. But not all of it. The methods, you know, I think, like, are completely yeah. fucked, honestly. Dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. But I think that if we have to descend into brutality to get our point across, that we have to give up on rhetoric, mm-hmm. then we're, we're, we might as well just fucking call it a day in this country, man. Because, yeah. I mean, there's enough of that in our current administration. Yeah. Although the video of Richard Spencer getting punched in the face is fucking amazing. All but right. Other I, than that. I have one thing <laughs> to say about that, Okay. I would love to punch Richard Spencer in the yeah. face. However, I'd face him like a fucking man. I wouldn't, I would not. No, no neither would I. I wouldn't yeah, like, hey, look over there, man. And then like sucker punch him like that. I would be like, put your fucking hands up and let's do this. Mm-hmm. But that's just me, you know? And I, that, but that also leads into how I feel about Antifa. It's like they're a bunch of marauders who are just going to sucker punch some guy. And look, I, I, there's no one, there's nobody more than me that wants to see Richard Spencer get his ass kicked but I just want to do it in, a, in an honorable way yeah I mean again like I you know I don't really have a whole lot to say on Antifa yeah. you know like it's not something that I've spent a ton of time thinking about or have any association with so what's um, next for you guys man who knows um, I mean this pestilence thing kind of came out of nowhere yeah um did, did you want to talk about the Marduk thing? Because uh, you didn't mention that one. That was the other... Uh, the I, we co- I mean, we got everything out yeah. there. That's the, yeah. we, why, why go into that? You okay, know I mean? all right, fine. I forgot about... I uh, totally forgot yeah. about Marduk, yeah. you know? Um, so uh, what's next? I mean, to be honest with you, we've rarely planned what's next. Uh, you know, like what's next for the majority of our now 12 years as a website almost has just been what's in the headlines today. You know, and like occasionally, I mean, that's not entirely true. Like we've planned out stuff business wise, like right. what we're going to, you know, like yeah. obviously, like as I was saying at the top of the show, Blast Beat Network, that was like a plan, you know, and we launched Gear Gods and that took a lot of effort. Um, content wise, we've been doing more video stuff. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, we've just been doing like more like lighthearted stuff, yeah. not like yeah. hard hitting news reports. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we'll just have to see, see what happens tomorrow. It's always something interesting. It's so like the video stuff is going to be like, you know, multi-part like documentary type stuff or like, uh, uh, no, no, probably not. Um, that stuff is just prohibitively expensive to do. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's really not much return on it. You know, like the only people you'll see doing that are companies with like a lot of backing, like, you yeah. know, like a vice or, you know, sure. or like, I guess like banger TV was doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they have Canadian, of, right? Banger uh, TV? Yeah. Canadian, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of money from the Canadian government. government you yeah. Know, so, um, but, um, no, it's like more lighthearted, just like quick stuff. And we've been doing this for the last two or three years. Like, um, and I'm just talking 
promotional, just fun kind of stuff. Like when the Black Dahlia Murder had their new album out, we took Trevor out to Times Square and he was kind of the on-camera host to like play Tourists, the new album and like film their reaction. Oh, cool. You know, just like, you know, like silly stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we got uh, Zach Wilde watching YouTube covers of himself, you know, just Dude, like goofy shit. I saw Zach Wilde play with uh, Ozzy at OzFest last year, uh, November, and um, they're doing all these Sabbath songs and they, they added a second guitar player in Ozzy's band so Zach can go off even more. Oh. Yeah, it was like taking inappropriate solos, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think Zach Wilde's like, if they're... Once again, Pantera. If they were ever going to do a Pantera reunion, Zach would be the shoe-in. Yep. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah, I enjoy watching him play, definitely. Um, yeah, and he, he's an unbelievable player. Um, and uh, just like for me, you know, like my, my background as a metalhead, like No More Tears was one of the albums that got me into metal. So like that's kind of like the side that I'm like coming from. Um, and his performance on that, as far as I'm concerned, is perfect. Like, yeah. it is just unbelievable, every single song. Yeah, Zach Wilde's definitely um, But, the like, he's also a character. Yeah. Like, that yeah. guy, you know, he's just, like... He's from the tri-state area, too. He's from Jersey. Yeah. 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 And, like, he's just hilarious. He's, like, he's just one of those people that, when you're around him, he's just, like, everyone is laughing. You know, and he's just, like, he's, he's who you would expect. I haven't met him, so... You know, but. Yeah. So Ben, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the afternoon and um, you know meeting me and talking about this stuff. Uh, thank you for the invite. Yeah, yeah I was man. I was um, honored and flattered to receive it. Uh, you know, um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to kind of explain some of these things because sure. you know, like like you were talking about at the end there, there are some misconceptions and like I think people do jump to conclusions about what we've done and they don't necessarily know what the process is or who we are or why we're doing what we do. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about all that. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll see you guys soon.